Hello and welcome. My name is Tanai and I help women become confident with themselves and their sexuality and shed the pressure to be the good girl. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, only to find out that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia, so drop all of your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. Yeah, so how can how can people use that to strengthen their relationships, especially in partnerships where there's a lot of fighting, you know, and a lot of conflicts? Okay, so one, what are the expectations? So usually what happens in a relationship, you're going to be there to make me happy. And whatever you do, it has to do because you have to, you have to make me happy. And you, and if you're not making me happy, you have to change, not me. I'm not going to change. You're the one who needs to change to make me happy. Okay. So how do we, so that's one of the things that we're putting in the other, the power to make us feel good, be happy, be okay, not having to confront with situations, not having to look at ourselves, not having to, for us to do the work. It's very comfortable for the other to do it. So if I'm not being nice with myself, I am going to demand from you to be nice. So if you're not being nice with me, so I have to ask my question, where am I not being nice with me that I'm allowing this to happen? Uh, so that's another level, like you said, of how we're not aware of how we're creating um, the relationships. We're in. Exactly. Our reality. Yeah. Yeah. A reality in the relationship. Yeah. And so if somebody, um, if, um, if you're fighting because um, you have different perceptions and different beliefs, look at yourself and see why is it that you need for the other to be different and why can you not Go to a place and understand the other and stand on somebody else's shoes. What is it that you demanding of him that or the, of her that you're not giving yourself or not doing for yourself? So where are you demanding so much on you that you need also to demand on the other? So there are many things that are involved. Mm-hmm. So when we work with a projection in my, I do a lot of uh, practical exercises. People start realizing how their the other one is showing them aspects of them themselves that they are not aware of and that are hindering their relationship. Mm. Yeah, I can speak to a personal example. I remember telling you about I don't remember the words that I use. No, I do. I remember me complaining, and this actually happened many times in relationships where I complain that the men I date are very judgmental. And I just love, I just love the questions that you asked. You asked me, wow, you must have a part of you that actually really wants things to look a certain way. And it's not that it's wrong. You just haven't accepted that part within yourself. And it was so out of my range. 
like when you when you're saying that things we're really not aware of them like i i so get what you're saying because this is a part of me that i completely repress because as a little girl i used to be very demanding and telling my friends what to do and like they even had a name for me like la mandona which means like someone who's very you know like orders people around the boss so i bossy yeah so i pushed that side so much for me that i it's not it wasn't even in my you know and it wasn't even in my, like what i was thinking about but yeah it took months for me to recognize all the moments where i really want someone to be a certain way where i really want something to be a certain way and i'm controlling and instead of telling myself not to be that way i just i just was aware of it and i acknowledged it and it's not only that when I see that in other people, it doesn't bother me. I don't even see it anymore. It's like I'm not even looking for it. Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, why is it? Why is it that I'm not even looking for it anymore? Because again, when you suppress something or when you reject something, it's like what you resist, persist. It needs, um, we need to uh, feel whole, right? So when something is out, being rejected it will come stronger because it needs to be integrated so since you're not looking at it yourself it's gonna you're gonna uh, it's gonna be so present that it's gonna be present in every relationship that you have one you if you, you it doesn't matter if you want it or not but it's going to be present because it, it's demanding to be seen i need to be integrated i need to be integrated so um, if you don't look at it, and if you don't integrate it, it's going to show up in every relationship, whatever you do. So it's very, so please, uh, one of the things I ask people to do is always notice what is it that you're complaining from the other, because it will be a way of looking in yourself. What is it that you're doing that needs to be integrated, not fixed, not changed? Just integrate it. So in the moment it integrated, it's integrated. It's not. Um, it, it doesn't have an identity. It's part of who you are. It's like a blended, like a cake. A cake. You have different ingredients, but you cannot. Once you're, it's made. You cannot um, separate the ingredients. They're integrated, right? You cannot say, "Oh, the eggs are separated. The, the flour. No, they're one thing." So this is the same thing with us, with our, the things that we have um, repressed or rejected in ourselves. They need to be integrated in order for us to stop projecting or putting in the other the responsibility for our happiness. Mm. Wow, how incredible. Because that just reinforces the reinforces the fact that it's that it's the real the work or the real work is within it's not about telling people what to do or what they're doing it's really about what's happening inside you i always tell my clients that the world out there is just the the theater play that you um plan in order for you to do the work and everybody's there mm. just to uh, trigger in you what needs to be seen or work or make you better or make you develop yourself or grow or mature. But, and you have to thank everybody outside there because they're helping you be a better 
but not better because you're a better person. Better because you feel better with yourself. Yeah, like more whole. Mm, I love that. I also, I, when I talk about this, I always say that relationships are just tools for your own relationship with yourself. Well, very well said. Yeah, like the game we're in is self-love. Like that's ultimately the game that you've created for yourself. That's so beautiful. When, when you've, you know, when you're past the part of awareness and like you said, like you're suddenly starting to see this, this energy or this pattern or tendency that you were not aware of before. Um, and you start expressing yourself and your feelings with other people. What do you think is really important that's present? Like, what do you, what do you, when, when you work with clients around this and they're starting to express themselves, what do you think is really important that's present when they start expressing themselves? Um, again, it takes me to power. We are all the same in a way that, um, the more you express what's going on with you with, with respect, and, and at the beginning is not easy. At the beginning, when you have repressed mm. yourself, it's like a little kid that's learning to walk. You're going to stumble, you're going to do it wrong, and you're going to uh, not know what to say and how to say it, and you may be offend. But the only way to learn is talking and speaking. And the more you speak your truth, the more you feel that um, you deserve, uh, that um, you have, um, you're somebody, that um, you you have a place in the world, that your feelings are valid, are, are valid, your thoughts and or ideas are valid, and if we're valid. Not we own we of course we accept who we are exactly as we are, but slowly we also start to accept the other because there is again it's not you against me or I'm the victim or you're the victim. We are both trying to be uh, do the best we can in the world and make this the best relationship that we can. We both have needs. And we all both have the right to have that needs met. And, um, and the more I think that the more I speak, I, the more I'm connected to those needs and I'm able to provide for myself. And I don't need to depend on the other completely for, to have those needs met. Mm. Wow. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it it, def it it answers like a part of the question, which is kind of what place to come from. And and you know what? It, it reminds me of so many times um, when you've told me, like, I'm just going to communicate and it might be messy and I'm letting you know. Um, and you've also told me that, that, um, that you're open to receiving my communication, understanding that it's going to be messy. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are afraid of how it's going to sound and whether it's going to hurt someone else. And and we're not going to be accepted for it. Yeah, like actually, I like just just sharing that now. I'd love to hear about what what to do about that when you're afraid of how people are going to react, especially in romantic relationships where it comes up a lot. I think that we live in a society that we are not used to communicate. 
most more my generation than yours. I see that your your generation is more talkative, more um, expressing, communicating. More than talkative is more communicating. What are their feelings? What are they going through? What is it that they need? What is it that they want? Um, I come from a um, generation or in a family where communication was almost not present. So, of course, um, the fear always, what, what stops us from communicating is that. Or how is it the other person going to take it? And the other person is going to reject me or um, not. Um, so, again, here we go, not validating us. So it, again, the other one, the approval of the other one is more important than me. So we are abandoning ourselves. Okay. We're not validating ourselves or what we want to communicate. And we put it to the other. So many of us, first of all, before communicating, we have to be very clear. What is it that we need to communicate? In order to be very clear, you have to know, okay, what's going on with me? What am I feeling? Why am I angry? What happened that made me angry? What was the action that made me angry? What was the, um, the, uh, the source? Where is the source of my anger? I have to be clear with that. And sometimes, like we said before, we're not aware. We're not clear what's going on. Then when you're clear, then you can go and, and see, okay, this is what I need to communicate what happens, but I also need to communicate what do I need, what do I want, how did that affected me, and how I would, maybe sometimes I could say this is what I would have liked to happen, or this is just what's going on with me. So if you see me in a bad mood, I want you to know that this is what's going on with me. Or listen. Um, I'm very sensitive lately and um, the way you spoke to me about this and this and that affected me in this way. So the other person is aware of what's going on. And, and interestingly, in my experience, again, when I started to communicate, it was something that I had to go out of my comfort zone. And again, that fear of how the other one is going to take it was present. And many times people were thankful that I told them what I told them that, oh, thank you, because the, I took, the elephant in the room was out. People feel uh, more, oh, okay, uh, there's like a connection. Suddenly, suddenly, there's a connection and people feel more released because there's not that tension. Again, the energy, it's present where you feel the tension of the other. Mm, right. So you feel sometimes many people feel like ah release and they because they know where they're standing and now they have the freedom to communicate to of course with respect and not pointing the other one at the guilty one is just how it affected me what's going on or what is what is it that I'm going through I'm inviting you to see my world yeah that it's it's wild because you know most people live under the impression that they need the other to understand or or agree. So can you can you explain the difference and why why do you think that all we actually need is is just to be seen and for the other to be aware? Because that way it makes us feel that we are somebody, that we belong, that we have a saying, okay? 
that there's somebody, human beings are uh, relationship uh, beings. So the moment the other one listens to us, there's somebody that is witnessing our, our experience and we don't feel alone. So when we communicate, it doesn't matter if they agree or not, but if they respect and they understand that this is our experience, they don't need to fix it. They don't need to do anything about it. They don't feel, we need to feel guilty or responsible for it. But just be there with us, with the experience. That makes a difference. Because we are very, in our inside ourselves, we are very alone. And sometimes it feels that we're lost because we don't know what to do or not to do. And, and it's too much to handle a certain emotion. So when we express that emotion, first of all, we're letting that energy out. And by somebody seeing it, we're inviting somebody to our world again. We, I'm repeating that because that's important. And so we don't feel that alone in what wherever we're doing. Somebody's there witnessing our experience. Right. That's so good. And, and I think something that's very common right now, maybe in my generation, because we talk so much is the tendency to, to fix someone when they're sharing, which, you know, my mom invited me to take part in something. She's an organization that she's part of called the hero's journey. And a practice that they teach is just holding space when someone's sharing without jumping to fix. And so what I was saying is like, we're so used to hearing how someone feels and either getting defensive or trying to fix or trying to, you know, it it makes the other person feel uncomfortable, like there's something that they have to do. A lot of my clients, they feel uncomfortable sharing with their parents, because their parents are going to get defensive. It comes up so much, you have no idea. What's the point of saying it? They're going to get defensive. They're not going to see my side. You know, it's really common. And, and so this, this, what you're talking about, I feel like is so, such a new way of thinking of that. Like all that we really need is for someone to really just be with what we're saying without doing anything at all. And with your parents, it's easy. You go and tell them, listen, I need to talk to you about this. And what I ask from you, please just listen. I'm not asking you to intervene. Again, communication is so valuable. If you communicate what you need and just tell them, listen, this is all I need. I need for someone to listen, to give um, some space to what I need to say. And you're the closest thing I have for me that I feel safe telling it to. But what I'm pleased I ask for you is, um, I don't need for you to fix it. I don't need for you to give me a solution or I don't need you to feel guilty or bad or that you need to do something. I just need a, a good ear. Somebody that I trust that I can listen to me mm-hmm. so I can hear myself talking. I have um, my, I have very, very, very dear friends and one of them um, usually calls me and always tells me when she has something to share and I, you know, I just, I just listen. She says, Oh my God, it feels so good to listen to myself because now I'm more clear just by listening to myself and bringing out what I have inside has been very healing for me. So, and that's all. And by, so 
we need to, we don't, we are not used to communicating what is it that we want and we need. Yes. I was literally about to ask you <laughs> that, that I found it so powerful that you said if we just communicated our needs yeah. and it's not a language that we're used to speaking, how, 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 like when, with your clients, um, how common is it that they don't even know what it is they need? Yep. Because they're not used to connecting to that. And or either I don't deserve or I'm not used to thinking about my needs. I'm used to thinking of whatever, you know, the people pleaser like you teach in your um, workshop or we never learned. Or um, when we were kids, you know, we weren't allowed to express our needs. Although I think your generation has a more openness for that. But many of my clients, they don't know that, you know, suddenly what I can ask for what I need. Because in, in sometimes they relate asking for what you need as a demand. That's what I, yeah. That's what happens in my generation. That now that it's all about expressing your needs, it's like, well, I told you that I need you to do this, but that's not really what it means. Expressing your need, it doesn't mean that the other one is going to fulfill it. So we need to express or ask for what I need, but also accepting that maybe the other one is not able or not in this position to fulfill that need and to be okay with that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is just expressing your needs provides something for you, not necessarily for the relationship. Like maybe they, they can fulfill it, but for us to express our needs is going to give us a sense of empowerment and clarity and, and value. And also that the other person is a, a, um, available for us. So maybe the other person will not be able to fulfill, but at least I'm here to listen to you. I, I, I acknowledge your need. Maybe now I cannot fulfill it, but I, I acknowledge and respect your need. So you know the other person is there for you to listen to you. You're important to the other person. You might not be able to fulfill the, your need, but it doesn't mean that you're not important or to her. Or that that need is invalid. Right. Yeah. So, for example, going back to the commitment, many people fear the commitment because of the responsibility, because they feel that if I commit somebody else, I'm going to have to be there to fulfill their needs. I will have to be there to make them happy. I will have to lose myself in order to provide for them. I will have to abandon myself in order for them to be okay. And that's not um, reality. Commitment is that. It's not that. Commitment is commitment to be there for yourself and from yourself to be in relationship with others. It means to share growth together. And if that involves communicating. In communication, it's a beautiful tool. It's I, I think in our relationship as mother and daughter, it's been a blessing that we are have been able to learn how to communicate and we're giving us the freedom to communicate what is it that we need how what is it that bothers us what what's going on with us without feeling resentful or feeling uh, responsible that we need to do something about it Mm. yeah i agree i think some of our some of the most powerful things i've said to you involve saying things like, I noticed that I judged you for that, or I noticed that I got triggered by you. 
Um, and there was no negativity or hatred in that conversation. It was just noticing something that happened within me and I'm just observing it and not blaming you, not blaming myself, just calling out something that happened. In parallel to that, I've been also observing, not judging you, not blaming you, not, I mean, observing as something normal and natural that happens in relationships and in, in letting it be present in knowing that I'm not less or more or that you don't love me or not love me because you're saying it. This is what you're going on, you're going through in that moment. And it's normal and natural in any relationship. Yeah, that's that's so crucial. I think we all, or at least like among my friends, we all have this tendency to show up perfectly, especially in relationships and for the relationship to be perfect. And there is there's almost like no room for those things, for you know, for the mess, for the ugliness. And it's so important to have that reminder that it's human and it's and it's part of the experience. Yeah, I always say that it, even nature is not always a, a sun shining. You see storms and you see uh, cloudy days. So we are part of nature. We are going to behave exactly the same. Mm. Yeah, how, you know, I've, I think that there's been so many times in my life where I've been in a down and what really snaps me out of it is those words. Yeah, can you can you kind of talk a little bit about that about what 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 are those words that you really channel about, you know, how this is just this moment and how are you inspired um with that with that with those words of wisdom? Because I think in relationships it's it's so important, you know, I, like that's why I want to bring it up because there's fights in relationships, you might feel insecure in the relationship. And our and our minds tend to make it really big, right? So why is why is what you say so important? Because um, I, I remember one day going to a mountain and looking. I was very upset, and I was looking at the river, and the li- river was flowing, and the river didn't care um, if there was a stone. There was not a stone. It was a stick or a this. It didn't care whether. The weather was good, was not good. Uh, it didn't care whether it was doing right or not doing right. It kept that and flowing. And when, and I realized, okay, really life, whatever I do or whatever I think, whatever happens, life is going to keep on flowing. A minute that's going to come after a minute and after a minute. So this is what I'm experiencing right now. A, a day ago, I experienced something else. And most probably, no, most probably, no, for sure, I'm going to experience something else next day. So the same way that, um, the, the, you know, you have a terrible storm and suddenly you wake up in the morning and the sun is shining as, as nothing has happened. The opposite. Sometimes the, it looks everything more shine because the water has refreshed everything. If for me, relationship is the same thing as like, um, we are flowing. We have a relationship and there were more, are there going to be moments that, um, we're going to be upset with each other, but the next morning is going to come and we're going to look at things that are nice and beautiful. And, uh, as if the other thing did not happen because it was just the, mo- I got upset in that moment. 
And then the next moment, the next day, we wake up and you, good morning, how are you? And the other one also. And um, and in my experience, the times that I've been in conflict have been so blessed because from there, uh, many things have flowered. We're able to grow together from learn, learn together something about us and make us closer. So that's been my experience with you and with um, many of my friends where we had situations where in, in the conflict, if when we go through conflict and, and it goes well, then, oh my God, we went through this. It's, I'm, I'm still safe. It means that um, we were able to go with through this and still be here for each other. And in in, in in that conflict, we were able to see um, more of each other, and and let you in more because you know more of me, or I more know more. It's like the territory got bigger between both of us. I don't, I, this is how, yeah, how I see that's, it. That's really beautiful. And it reminds me of what we were talking about early in the conversation of, of boundaries. And I think like in that gray area is exactly when the, those things get triggered. Like if you're someone who will pull closer, then in the moment of conflict, you'll want to pull closer or you'll want to really push away. Do you have any practices for how to hold that sensation or that tendency and not need to act on it? Just again, communicating. Mm. In um, my experience is, I, I I'm a person, for example, that I'm when when I'm in something a, a conflict is just triggered. Yeah, I go into withdrawal. I get so overwhelmed that I go into withdrawal, and all I want to do is push people away. So I I when it happens, what I do is listen. Now I cannot speak. I'm not in the place where I can com communicate or speak. I need some space in order for things to go back into place. So in my, that's what I always suggest, just communicate what is going on in the moment. You don't have to change it again. This is who you are and this is your dynamic and you're not, you need to respect it. So I know that it takes me um, that maybe an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes to go back into myself to be able to speak. Sometimes maybe the other person doesn't like it. You know, the other person is, I want to keep fighting. I want to keep fighting. Don't, don't stop the energy, but I cannot do it. So I, I, I need to respect what's going on with me. So listen, your, the way you manage your energy is the way you manage your energy. Mm -hmm. That's it. You need to be aware of it. And know how to deal with it. So the way I do it is I communicate. And also, at the same time, I've gone to, uh, I worked with a therapy and I learned how to manage my boundaries in a way that the unhealthy um, dynamics that I used to apply in certain situations are not there anymore. And again, not because I needed to fix myself, okay? It's because I learned how to do it differently. And by learning how to do it differently has been more empowering and more helpful than the other way. So again, 
It's not, I, I, again, it's learning how to do it differently. It's incorporating a new way of doing it. And I always get um, the idea from the flower essences. Flower essences, they don't take away an emotion. They develop the emotion or the positive emotion that it's not present. So they're not going to take away the fear. You need the fear. What they're going to strengthen is your courage. So courage can be more present than fear. So again, you learn through the work with the boundaries. You learn how to do things differently or in a new way. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of your own pattern because you need it. But you're gonna in, incorporate new patterns, right? That will help you or be more beneficial. Man, that really would have helped. Every time that I wanted to run away from a situation because the voice in me said, oh, tonight you tend to run away, so you should stay. And, and I, I think I used to value like keeping my cool so much that the point was, how do I keep my cool? How can I stay here and keep my cool? But that was completely unnatural to what you said, like to my natural reaction. Thinking back, if I were to rewrite those stories, I imagine how how much energy release, like how how much release I would have felt had had I just been like, right now I really want to run away, and just had full approval for stating that to someone because it 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 sounds so scary to say that to someone I'm in a relationship with to tell them that I want to run away, but at the same time, like you said, it's just completely natural. And in my case, in everybody's case, but somebody has this more. Many, some people have it more stronger than the other. Right. When you're in danger, if an animal, is, uh, um, very threatening animal comes your way, you want to go run away, right? Mm. So you're running away of a situation that it's dangerous for you. Right. And so instead of, instead of running away, actually, you're, you're doing, you're, you're stating it and, and having more consciousness around it and bringing in your partner. So that there's more space of approval. That's next level. Really, that's such a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, that we're not used to it. Wow. What what an incredible conversation, really. I just think this is the kind of stuff that people need to have more awareness around because it makes it just makes things so much easier. You know, it makes there's so much more room for approval and space for things. I feel like it's just opening the space of what you're able to feel, experience, be with in another person. Yes, exactly. That uh, you you got the right word, space. And at the end, it's space for yourself. The more space you give yourself, the more space you can give the other. And the more space the other one has, the more you let them. You can feel safe letting them in because you're not fighting. For your space, you already have it. Mm. Okay, so it's like you have your apartment, right, or your house, and you're letting a guest in your house, but you you are safe in your house. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that helps a lot, and you can always tell the other person, "Listen, you need for you to. I need for you to go out, go away, and leave my house because it's not you're not bringing good things in my life." Mm. So. Yeah. So um, it's um, it's so beautiful when you're able to have somebody 
accompany in this journey. That that that's what I love to do and I um, enjoy with my clients is that I'm just I'm not oh I'm I'm more than a guide. I'm a companion. I'm, I'm yeah like a tour. I I call myself like a tour guide because um. Um, showing them the new tour territory they can walk. And it's a territory that they'll, will help them, uh, confront life challenges in a more easy, in an easier way, in a more fulfilling way, in a more truthful way. Um, so it's like, um, you know, here, let me, you, you're going this way and you're not happy and you feel empty and you feel that you're no, you know, you're no good. Let me show you a new way you can do it where you can be mo- more of who you are um, and feel more um, powerful in a way of, oh, my God, I can use these tools to um, make my life easier. I can use its tool to get over certain things that I need to go through because life keeps happening is how we approach that can change. Yeah. It's, um, and I, I love when this happens when like what I want to ask about is the perfect thing that you end on because something, something that I personally went through that you really supported me with was that. I got into like a very dark hole thinking about all the things that are happening in life. And I think that's something that a lot of people can resonate with. I think we're very much aware that every day there's some other tragedy that's happening, you know, with with COVID and natural disasters. And you sat down with me and very calmly said, we have to accept the evil or the negative or the bad that's happening in the world in order to accept the good. Like one can't exist without the other. Yeah, because if you if you don't have a contrast, like if you how can you say something is white or something is black is because there is contrast. So you need to experience uncomfortable things and you need to feel comfortable things to know the difference. So you need to feel uh, what's not beautiful and nice and maybe um, useful or can hurt people and experience what does not hurt people in order for next time you can when you make a choice you know what to choose because you'll know the consequence so the world is out there and the things that are happening is just only for us to learn the through the power of opposites to through the power of contrast because the soul does not cannot grow without that so if we work on ourselves and we become more connected and let our light shine more, that's the only way we could bring more light to the world. Because we cannot control what's outside there. We can only work on ourselves. Yeah. And use, the again, use that world outside as the play that it's going to help us make our own, do our own work. Ah, uh, so so beautiful. What I I'm 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 even leaving this conversation just feeling so much peace and self acceptance and um yeah like a sense of calmness and, and that's your essence tonight. Mm-hmm. Don't never forget that. 
And I consider, and I'm very grateful for this. Uh, this has been a gift for me mm. to be able to share. And uh, uh, again, very proud of you mm. and who you are and how you're a light for the, to the world. And I know that the clients that have you as coach are so lucky, so lucky. Thank you. That's why I keep her around, everyone. That's why we have such a great relationship. It's just shout, her showering me with affirmations. <laughs> well, please let my clients know what you're working on and um, how they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you. Okay, so I, I work with them. Um, I, I have different aspects because I have the uh, um, workshops where I have... Um, a program called the art of awareness where we go through different modules and we address the relationship with ourselves aspects that um, have to do with the relationship with ourselves and relationship with the others and then relationship with the whole which is the um, spiritual realm or something bigger than us and parallel to that i work as a um energy coach where I do energy hands-on uh, energy healing. Um, my training is from the Barbara Brennan School of Healer where I did a, a bachelor's in healing science and um, and um, the coaching it's parallel to that um, because um, again uh, what the energy moves it needs to be worked with the coaching um, it's for you to set goals of what is it that you want new in your life? How do you want to confront the situations that are coming up when the energy, uh, the energy blocks are released? And, um, and I, and then we have also groups. I work with a friend and we do groups of, um, family constellations. It not that I, I also include individuals once with my practice, but, um, the group Family constellations also um, can be, um, uh, we have groups that we work now that uh, COVID is starting to to let us um, get together in person. And um, if you want to contact me, um, Tana, you can give them me my email is theawarenessjourneyco at gmail.com. That would be the easiest way. My website is, um, wanting more information is the awarenessjourneycall.com. And, uh, my phone is 786-540-3641. And, uh, so anytime I would love to be your companion in your journey of growth and development and, uh, and opening up to enjoy life at its fullest. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And everyone, do not second guess working with my mom. She's a miracle worker. So reach out with any questions to me or to her. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaimelgram.com, 
where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.